Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray first. Father, thank you so much for your wonderful word from a wonderful person. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 50, verse 4. When the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die in my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan. There thou shalt bury me. Now, therefore, let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and the, all the elders of the land of Egypt. And all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's flocks, only their little ones and their flocks, uh, and, their father's, and their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing foal of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning of the, in the floor of Atad, they said, this is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Therefore, they call, the name of it was called uh, Abel Mitzrayim, which is beyond Jordan. And his sons did unto him according to as he commanded. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place of Ephron the Hittite before Mamre. Before Mamre. Okay, now, so in our last study, you remember, it's been a little while ago, we saw the death of the, this is the death of the last patriarch in the Bible. This is Jacob who's dying here. And we saw in verse 1 that when Jacob died, that Joseph, it was Joseph who was, who was really called, who was really the focus is on. He's the one who fell on Jacob's face. He, he cries on Jacob's face and he kisses Jacob's face. Very tender scene. This is a real outpouring of love. And then we saw in verse two how Joseph then commanded the physicians to go to start the embalming process, start it up and, to, and, and, and turn Jacob into a mummy. <laughs> A process that took forty days. Very strange to see the, the to see the the the, the patriarch, you know, uh, of the Jewish people becoming an Egyptian mummy. Oy vey! <laughs> but when we go to the British Museum and see all those mummies there, then you can think, well, Jacob, Joseph, they look like that anyway. But but right away, when 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 Jacob's body was being made into a mummy, they start the mourning. 
it, you know, and, 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 and we saw that, that right away when, they stu- when, when this mummification starts taking place here, which lasted 70 days, that the Egyptians, they go through this tremendous mourning for, 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 for Jacob. I mean, it really has, it shows us how the Egyptians, they came to, to love Jacob, that they go through this mourning. It's, it's kind of hard to imagine at this, but how, how the Egyptians really loved uh, they loved, of course, Joseph because he saved their lives. And so then, at the 70th day of mourning, then we saw this, this the great request. The great request that Joseph is going to make the request to, to Pharaoh, give me leave, give me permission to leave Egypt and go to Canaan and bury my father. It's interesting, as we read this here, as we see the history, the account, it's interesting that Jacob did not go himself directly to Pharaoh. To make this request. But instead, Joseph, I think I said Jacob, Joseph decided to enlist the servants of Pharaoh to have them make the request on his behalf. And so, and, and we get to see in verse five, 4 and 5 exactly what Joseph said to the servants of Pharaoh. I mean, first, Joseph appealed to his relationship with these servants. And we got to remember that really, uh, th- these people that he's talking to here, they are, they are, they are subordinates to Joseph. And, and so now we get to see Joseph, in these two verses, really making himself lower than his subordinates and putting himself at their mercy. I mean, this is especially apparent when we look at verse 4 and we see what Joseph said to them when he said, if now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh. I mean, just imagine this. Just imagine, this is Joseph. He's the ruler over all Egypt, and he, 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 he is, he, he's, he's now getting himself below slaves to put this request in their hands. I mean, this is Joseph humbling himself, like the Lord Jesus humbled himself in Philippians 2.8 when it says about the Lord Jesus and being found in fashion as a man, the Lord Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I mean, imagine that, the God of heaven humbling himself. I mean, the, 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 the ultimate humbling of himself was when the Lord Jesus became, as it said there in Philippians, when he became obedient unto death. Obedient unto death. That's interesting. Because, as a matter of fact, it's interesting how that whole episode in, in, the, in, in the life of the Lord Jesus, of his suffering and his death, is, 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 is referred to, that it's given a title in, in, in Acts 8.33. In Acts 8.33, it says this, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. So in that verse, the suffering of the Lord Jesus is called his humiliation. It's his humiliation. And so when the Lord Jesus humbled himself, he became our example. He became our pattern. He became a uh, what we should do. And the reasons why it's so good 
for us to humble ourselves is because of what it says in Proverbs 8.12. Proverbs 18.12. Proverbs 18.12 says, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. So there you have this contrast that you have a person who's haughty, you can expect destruction. You have a person who's humble, you can expect honor. And the greatest honor that anyone can get is to be exalted by God, which is what it says in 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, King Hezekiah was a very proud man. Very, very proud. And he, he had a very high opinion of himself. And because of his pride, King Hezekiah was heading right down the middle of the road to his own destruction. But for King Hezekiah, it all changed. And it all changed because of what it says in 2 Chronicles 32.26. 2 Chronicles 32.26 says, Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. So, here's Joseph now. He's the ruler in Egypt. He's putting himself below the slaves in Egypt. Shows us, I was thinking, very low of himself, very, is a humility. He didn't demand, he didn't press hard to, to Pharaoh to, look, I gotta go. I mean, you know, I, I gotta go down there to, to Canaan. I'm sorry, buddy, you know. He didn't do that. Instead, he, 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 he got low. You know, and sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we know what we have to do, like Joseph did, and, and like a promise that we may have, a, an oath that we've got to, where we're going to bury our father. And it's so easy for us just to, just to say, well, I've got to do this, and it doesn't matter what other people, if they agree or they don't agree, I'm going headstrong, see? But this was not Joseph. In this case, Joseph, in humility, he puts himself under the authority of Pharaoh, and 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 and, and under the and he he puts himself really under these slaves, and he did it in such a humble way, in asking Pharaoh when he when he asked the, the slaves to carry the message to Pharaoh, and we can see here Joseph, he's trusting God, he's trusting God to work through Pharaoh to enable him to do what he knows he's got to do, and this is an example uh, 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 for us of a person who believes. I mean, it says in Proverbs 16:7, Proverbs 16:7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And then it goes on in Proverbs 21:1, Proverbs 21:1 that says, "The king's heart, Pharaoh's heart, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, and and as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will." So, so in this, we see here how Joseph, he's not anxious. Joseph is patient. And you can imagine uh, how Joseph felt in, when, when Pharaoh did give the permission. I mean, Joseph had such a sense that it was God's will for him to go bury his father in Canaan. I mean, this is what humble submission looks like. And even though Joseph, he had so much power and authority in Egypt, he humbles himself under the mighty hand of God. Now, this wasn't easy for Joseph to do, but what a sense of satisfaction Joseph got when he saw God work and turn the heart of Pharaoh 
in the place that he wanted to be. So this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like for a, for, for a wife to humbly submit to her husband. Not easy at all. I wouldn't want to be a wife, but anyway, some are. But what a sense of satisfaction to see God work in the heart of the husband. But there's something else we see here about Joseph when he said to the servants in verse four, if now I have found grace in your eyes. See, this very interesting, he says this. It's very revealing to us because it gives us an insight into the type of relationship that Joseph had with his subordinates, the slaves. And, you know, for, for Joseph to have said to these, to, the, to these slaves these things shows us obviously how Joseph's had a heart where he really cared about people. Joseph really cared about people. You know, when Joseph looked at a person it didn't matter who that person was, whether that person was a slave, whether that person was a king. Joseph never saw himself above that person. Joseph so cared about that person. You know, Joseph was not the type of person who strutted around in his own world and didn't want to be bothered by others. I got things to do. I got to feed a nation. I got I to gotta, I gotta direct a country here. And I can't be bothered by, you know, that wasn't Joseph. You know, Joseph did not tell his servants, now look, I want you to tell everyone that, that I come at, might come in contact with, and maybe here in the palace or whatever, that whenever they run into me, that they're not to look at me. They're not to engage their eyes with me, and they're not to start a conversation because I'm a very busy person, and I just don't have time to engage in a conversation with everyone that I might meet. I mean, and, then I'll be, and, and so... You just tell them that when they see Joseph, that they look down and pretend they don't see him. I know somebody who said that. Okay. No, but that was not Joseph. That was not Joseph. I mean, the door to Joseph's heart was always open. And you don't have to even knock. It's open. So can't you just see Joseph in Egypt with this low opinion of himself? He's meeting Egyptians, and he's saying, how are you? Now, you know, there's two ways to say, how are you? You know, one is, how are you doing? How's it going? Well, my mother just died. That's great. Good. See you later. You know, I mean, you know, there's, you know, or the other way is to really mean it, which is what Joseph would do. Say, how are you? How are you? You really want to know. And, and isn't this the same Joseph that we saw when he was a prisoner in the prison with Pharaoh's baker and his butler? When Joseph saw that they were sad, and it said in Genesis 40, verse 6, Genesis 40, verse 6, Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? I mean, this is the sensitive, this is the sensitivity in Joseph. This is Joseph, the sensitive person. He made himself low so that he could feel the inner pain and the suffering of other people. I mean, he didn't have such a high opinion of himself that he insulated himself from others. So it's obvious from what Joseph says here, if I found grace in your eyes, that Joseph has taken the time with these servants to find grace in their eyes. He's taken the time with these servants of Pharaoh to ask how they were, to try to help everyone he could. See, and this is the history of Joseph. This history of Joseph is one of where Joseph is feeling and he's caring and he's listening 
and he's helping others. And that's what Joseph is now appealing to when he asks, when he says to these servants in verse four, if now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you in the ears of Pharaoh. Now, going back into this history of Joseph and humbling himself to feel, to care, to listen, to help the servants of, of, of Pharaoh, he didn't, Joseph did not do this because he was thinking to himself, I better be nice, I better be caring to these slaves because who knows, you never know when I might need them someday, so I better put some money in that bank so I can draw it out later. No, that wasn't Joseph. That was not Joseph. Joseph was not motivated in his kind relationship for, with the slaves because of what he was going to get in return. He was just kind. He was approachable. And, 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 he, and, and Joseph hated pride, and so and he wanted to humble himself. What an example Joseph is to us, to humble ourselves and open the door of our hearts to, to, to be able to care and to feel and to listen to other people and, and, and help them. You know, it's so easy in life. It's so easy in life to be the turtle, you know? I mean, the turtle in life, you know, the, the turtle thinks everyone's his enemy. I know, I have a couple of turtles. I can't even get close to them, you know? They're always running away because they always think they're going to get caught and eaten. You know, it's so easy in life to be the turtle instead of to be the Labrador, you know, we need to be the Labrador. The Labrador is everybody's friend, you know? All right. Now, we don't read in the Bible of Joseph taking an oath or swearing to do something in any other place in the Scriptures except for here. And this is the only oath that Joseph took, and it was to bury his father in Canaan. And so what, 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 what could be considered the most important thing that Joseph had to do before he died he humbles himself, asks slaves to request for him. Shows them how much he trusts God. I mean, he didn't ask the slaves to, 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 to you know, he didn't say, you know, I'm going to ask these slaves because I don't want to go. I'm lazy. I don't know. He, he, it, it wasn't because Joseph was lazy that, that, that he asked the slaves. I mean, he was diligent. We know that about him. He was a hard worker, so, but he was working hard in a different area. He was working hard in prayer to God. You can be sure of that. He was working hard asking God to open the door for him, to let him bury his father in Canaan. And I'm sure when we get to heaven, I'm sure when we get to heaven, we're going to see so clearly the great power that God has put in our hands through prayer while we were here on earth. And we're going to be amazed and how we didn't use that power and how we didn't take that power seriously when the Lord Jesus said in John 14, John 14, 13, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he goes on right in the next verse, and he says, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know what the Lord is doing there? He's saying, ask, ask. Will you ask already? No, as we have such power in prayer. We have such power in prayer. And that's where Joseph was putting all of his energy for getting Pharaoh to grant permission was in prayer. We have power in prayer. You know, last Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday night, uh, really I was at the end of my rope. I had suffered 14 and a half hours of, with atrial fibrillation where my heart was beating at 180 beats per minute. And I was just at the end. So I'd gone to a hospital to have a cardiologist do an echocardiogram on my heart at that point, just to make sure I didn't have a clot in there because that would cause other problems. Not that I need more, but anyway. And, and so 
you know, after the procedure, the echocardiogram, the ultrasound, he led me into his office and he put such pressure on me. I have to be admitted to the hospital immediately. Look, you're sweating. You got all the symptoms. You got low blood pressure. You're not going to get enough to your heart. You got to go into the hospital immediately. You got to get on IV drugs. We're going to do a cardiac shock therapy. Then we're going to do a cryoablation. Oh, I know you had the radio frequency ablation. That's no good. Oh, we got a better one. Anyway, and all I could think of as I was sitting there was that I was a $300 patient and he wanted to turn me into a $30,000 patient. <laughs> and I was sweating after 14 and a half hours. You know. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I re- and, and I remembered the cat we had. The cat we had, his name was Mauser. It was a great cat. And uh, Siamese, part of Siamese. And we had a great relationship with Mauser. Very good relationship. He would meet us when he'd come home. He would talk to us. We would talk to him. He was a very understanding cat. Anyway, but Mauser got old, and he used to have a lot of battles with the, with the opossums and the coyotes. And, and then we always knew when he had this battle because he would end up on the roof, and he'd stay there for three days, and he would talk to us from the roof. Anyway, and, and, and sometimes Mauser would just, he'd get torn up by the coyotes and the opossums. And, you know... He was, uh, he was cut and everything, so we'd put him in the box. We had a box. We took him to the vet in this box. And the vet would, would you know, look at Mauser and go through the same description. He'd say, you know, Mauser, he, 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 he needs very special, expensive geriatric care. He used to say, geriatric care, which just meant that it was going to be a bill of at least $400 to sew him up. Anyway, so the discussion's going on about the geriatric care, and Mauser's in the box, and the that mouse is in there, and Mauser's kind of looking here, looking, he's listening, you know. And 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 then when 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 the vet would come in with the stitches, because we'd we put Mauser on the table and put the box on the floor. When the vet when he when when you see the vet come in the stitches, then Mauser would jump off the table and get in the box, <laughs> as if to say, "Okay, let's go, <laughs> let's go." Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.